Hello and welcome to the iGen UK podcast. I think we're all very excited about this week's episode. I'm Simon Cardi with Joe Scrabbles and Matt Perslow, two very excited boys. Oh God, I'm excited. <laughs> Vibrating. A lot of people might think that's just because Elden Ring out. Elden Ring out. Elden Ring is out. And we will be talking about that at the start of the podcast. But we've also got something a bit more fun this week. We're going to do what I'm going to call the Build-A-Bear Workshop for Open World Games mm-hmm. or the Build an Open World Workshop, where basically we'll get round to that when the time is because I'm not going to explain the whole thing twice. But to kick it off, Elden Ring, me... And Joe, I believe we have not played a single second yet. Well, I've played the network test. I haven't played the full version at all. I'm incorrect. You have played more than a second. Yes. I have not played a second. Matt, however, I believe you've played several dozen hours. I am at almost 30 hours now. I think I'm 29 and a half hours. Well, maybe you are the right person to talk about this then. Not I. (laughs) Um, This game, currently, as we are talking, is the highest rated game of all time people are calling it maybe the greatest game of all time at this point which you know is obviously a very subjective opinion lol do you <laughs> <laughs> um matt can you see why people are saying this? i absolutely can and that is not a surprise to anybody i don't think this is a very good game as i think it always was going to be um but yeah it's I suppose you call it like in some ways it's Dark Souls Four, but in many ways it's not. It's it earns its stripes enough to not to be um, like the fourth entry in that series, and much of that is by the fact that it's gone open world. So if you can imagine a lot of the kind of fundamentals of Dark Souls, it's got a very kind of cryptic way of of being. It's a story that does not hold your hand by any means, and the combat system is very very similar to Dark Souls, but. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine, there's a way. There's a really good way that Mitchell kind of explains it. I think in in the review that we've got up on IGN is that imagine there's a Dark Souls game that runs down the middle of a very very big open world, and you can follow this kind of linear path that runs through it, but all the time you are constantly distracted by the fact that this world is much larger and has much more to give you. Breath of the Wild is the thing that comes up quite a lot. I quite like to emphasise that it doesn't play anything like Breath of the Wild, nor does it feel anything like Breath of the Wild when you're playing it. But the sense of discovery that you get from Breath of the Wild, which is completely kind of... The, there's nobody in Breath of the Wild to hold your hand and tell you, come over here, see this. Mm. All of that sort of exists within Elden Ring. Just the things that you are doing within the game is nothing like Zelda. So you're not kind of like coming up with cool sort of physics and systemic focused things to do things. But what you are finding are dozens of hidden caves, hidden catacombs, um, hidden kind of world events. You know, the kind of stuff that we all talk about in open world games that Red Dead was so good at. Just like you stumbled across it and suddenly it led to these cool characters the amount of times I've done that now just and this depends on like the time of day because it has a day night cycle and you know for I won't say obviously where this is but going through kind of like a a forest somewhere in the middle of the night and seeing a candelabra like a spectral candelabra just in the middle of a field and watching steps walking away from it and following those steps for probably a good two or three minutes just to see where they lead and then finding something really, really cool on the end of it. There are so many aspects like that that it's just a constant like 
there's not a point to be bored in this game at all. So like a lot of open world games obviously have this kind of sense of ticking things off. You don't have quest logs. You don't have icons on the map really apart from Mm -hmm. kind of like pointing out where the bonfires, well, Sites of Grace as they're called in this. And when you stumble over places, it will mark that on the map with the name of what this place is, but it doesn't tell you what's there. It doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do. And so all of this kind of sense of figuring the world out figuring out the logic of the world figuring out what kind of trappings do exist of the open world in this from traditional genres so for example there's generally catacombs in most areas that kind of like have a particular thing that you do in it and a particular boss at the end of it and you're going to find several of those but that's the closest it gets to kind of like the ubisoft style of cut and paste like using the same style archetype of a quest over and over again um and so yeah it's like absurdly kind of experimental and expansive in that way um but also filled mm-hmm. with all the things that if you like from soft games you're going to get that you're going to get kind of like the shakespearean style narrative that comes through very cryptic kind of npcs you're going to get bosses that are incredibly sort of challenging and multi-phase full of all sorts of different weird and wonderful elements you're going to get these incredibly sort of handcrafted tailored dungeons that feel like something of a movie set that you're like very particularly going through and it conveys a very particular atmosphere um all of this wrapped up with an astonishing kind of orchestral score um a Mm -hmm. beautiful arrangement of kind of like art styles that range um it's not a gothic horror in the way that kind of bloodborne and dark souls has been before it's much closer to a high fantasy gone wrong i suppose is the best is that way can you see some of the george R. R. martin influence i don't know how obvious like we don't really still know how much yeah. input he has had on this like, what i would say is what? this is the most amusing i found a from soft game it's got little mm. bits like joe was talking to me the other day about the the voice in the trailer that talks about prawns yeah which, which so you, weird yeah and it's got a lot more of that to it. We've all seen kind of like the pot boys, or, or as they're actually mm-hmm. known as living jars. That's their official <laughs> names. I like but it. that kind of stuff. And I've seen people like trampling on heads and sort of like just poking fun at things. So there is that, which I do recognize as potentially being a bit George R. R. Martin, because he's got a sense of humor in Game of Thrones. You know, Tyrion kind of like brings that across. But also... Mm-hmm. Miyazaki and his team also have a sense of humour, a very morbid sense of humour. And I don't know if this is just a different way of showing that. So I wouldn't go in expecting anything vaguely Game of Thrones-ish or any of the other kind of George R.R. Martin stuff you might have read. It does feel like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or the way that those stories are told. What I will say is that this story is told just a little bit more transparent like when you talk to people in the world they generally are quite open about what their aims are and how you might potentially be able to help them so whereas a lot of npc quest lines in dark souls is very much you meet someone they say something cryptic and you're like well i guess they'll turn up at some point in the future and i might understand how all this fits together everybody i've met in this world has kind of outlined yes in very shakespearean ways but has outlined what they want and I understand how I can go forward. Yes, I have to write that down in my phone's notes because there's no kind of quest log or anything like that. But that's kind of part mm. of the joy of this. It's kind of like 
you are a person in a world that kind of works like actually walking outside but if outside was a big high fantasy that's gone wrong i mean the world looks astonishing like that like there's no one like Miyazaki for world building in games. I'm not, you know, a fan of those mm-hmm. games that playing them necessarily, but like I have the like highest respect for like how FromSoft make these games yeah. and the worlds they create and like that's the bit that always draws me in because I want to love them and I want to find every like fact in this mm-hmm. world out and find out everything. The sticking point for a lot of people like me is ultimately the combat and I will say I was surprised just how Dark Souls it is from watching quite yeah. a bit now like in my head I thought they'd maybe go a little like because Sekiro and Bloodborne are the ones I've had more fun with, yeah. and maybe I thought they'd bring more of that to the table. Whereas this does look a lot slower and deliberate, yeah. like a I Dark must say, Souls. It's kind of like you know, I haven't settled yet whether I would have slapped like a ten on it. Um, obviously, Mitchell has played the entire game, so his is in a much better position yeah. to say that. Part of me is a little bit like Sekiro shows so much of what FromSoft can do beyond just making a Dark Souls game. And mm-hmm. as I say, this distinctly isn't a Dark Souls game because the open world adds so much more to it. And, you know, there's a lot more we can talk about there. But the fundamentals of combat is very much rooted in the Dark Souls series. It is a sword and shield style combat system with, you know, rolls and dexterity. And, you know, there's there's magic you can do. And there's a lot more kind of... It feels a more expansive system, and I think you have a lot more options this time around, particularly with you might have seen that you get a summoning bell, which means that you can carry like these little boxes of ashes that when you ring the bell, it will bring like a pack mm-hmm. of wolves into the fight. Or so, for example, at the moment, I have two warriors with wings and giant scythes that they can fly around my enemies and pick them off. That's really fun. You can summon in an old man with a magic stick who's fucking useless, but he's quite funny. Like, yes. You've got more options and your weapons have much more options. So, for example, I think this has been in trailers as well. Um, I've got a rapier that I can cast a magic spell with it and it brings four magic daggers that float around my head. And when an enemy comes towards me, it will instantly throw those daggers at them, which generally stuns them. So there are lots of... I like that. The combat is much more kind of magical and has... I feel more options than ever for you to get through it, which is always good for allowing a much wider play style which does mean that kind of like maybe you will find the play style if you're you need to come in and play it on understand that you need to play by FromSoft's rules and if you've played all three Dark Souls mm-hmm. games now when you play Demon Souls and you've played Bloodborne and you don't you just don't get the way that FromSoft build games there's nothing here for you if you are willing to play on their playing field there is more here to yeah. learn and there's potentially more option for you to find your niche within combat and work with that to get through the game. Well, that's so I know. Like, it's a tired conversation. It's an often boring conversation. But a lot of these get time. These games boil down to people is, is the approachability of these games and can I crack it? And I've seen a lot of like differing opinions on this one because I've seen a lot of people say Elden Ring is the most approachable from soft game yet. I think that's largely due to the fact it's an open world where you can go and come. Mm-hmm and like see things as you please and just run away if you want but then i read mitchell's review and he is someone who's played all these games is very very good at this games and even he admitted some of these boss fights borderline or not unfair and mm. now i'm worried yeah. <laughs> so so i really don't like where do you think for the so far for you where's this one sit on the scale so i think this for me and so i started with bloodborne that was my first from so bloodborne's yeah. almost a bit of a trial by fire because it's a much faster game 
Um, mm-hmm. And then I kind of went back into um, Dark Souls. But I played a lot. I played Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2, I think, before very early on decided it wasn't a series for me. I was never going to do it. And Bloodborne was the one that cracked it for me. I think if if you are open-minded enough to the fact that you understand that these games are difficult and this game is no less difficult than those games, but want to learn and want to figure out how that combat system and how that world system works, then this is, I think, the most... Definitely not the most accessible, but it's the most approachable from. In the A, yes, all the people will sort of tell you what they want out of their quest lines. They're mm-hmm. much more transparent. Item descriptions tend to be a bit more transparent now. Like, you actually understand what using cool. this item will do <laughs> rather than having to decipher an ancient text and think, like, well, maybe if I use it, it will do this. Like, it is fairly clear, <laughs> and you press a button to switch to the more cryptic, lore-focused version of that mm. item description. Um, there is... When you go to the sites of grace in the world, which are the equivalent of bonfires, which is where you rest and you can sort of, like, refill your health uh, flasks... And you can and you can upgrade your character. They have lines that come out of them that show you routes. The interesting thing about that is when you start, it's actually showing you the main route route through the game, and will take you to Stormvale Castle, which is the first what they call legacy dungeon, which is when this becomes more like a Dark Souls game. It's linear, and you're going through a dungeon okay. towards a boss. But out in the open world, if you go to some of these sites of grace they won't have any light that comes off them to show you where to go. But others will point you to other discoveries, which take, it's an area, it's a way of helping you find other things in the open world. So whereas a lot of Dark Souls is, if you want to find the things that are off the beaten path, you kind of, for me, it was a case of going to the Fextra Life wikis and learning where they were. Dark Souls, uh, Elden Ring is a little bit more like, hey, maybe there's something you want to look at over here. There's something of worth. Um, having Torrent, which is your spectral horse, who can run very, very fast, and you can fight from the top of, makes like the navigation of the world, at least in the overworld, because you can't ride him in dungeons. That is easier. And what I think is the biggest element for approachability is if you went from the start of the game straight into Stormvale Castle and tried to fight the first main boss of the game, and you were either of my skill level or below... And, you know, my skill level isn't particularly high. That's going to be very, very difficult. And you'd feel like this game is is punishing you unfair. Elden Ring is a game about exploring in the same way as we've said, like Breath of the Wild is. And it gives you a huge area to do that with to the point that you can actually bypass the the first dungeon of the game. And I'm fairly sure probably this works for most dungeons in the game. If you don't want to do it now, there's a big road that walks past it. And I went around and explored all this sort of area found incredible weapons that I wouldn't have found if I just followed the main path, found new spirit ashes that I could summon, um, new armor, like understood how the world works, and then went in, and you know what? The first boss wasn't that difficult. Like, he's still a challenge, and you still need to to play by the Mm -hmm. rules of a FromSoft game. But that made things easier. And then when I got to the second boss, which is kind of like a bigger, more imposing sort of element... Um, you can make friends in that first dungeon that you can then summon in. This is the big thing that I would say for people that are of, like up to my skill level. I, I have finished Dark Souls 3, for example. You know, We spoke about a few podcasts ago that I'd done the DLC, and the DLC is fucking difficult as sin. I summon for almost all of the boss battles that I do, 
and don't let mm-hmm. anybody tell you that that is like the coward's way out i think playing no. with either friends or people that i've just randomly summoned that are there giving their help because that's what they like to do creates a sort of mythical status to those boss fights because sometimes you'll have it like would, wouldn't be in the game if yeah they didn't want you to play mm. that way would it but it's like <laughs> when you've got four people each of them with different weapons different spells all wailing on the same boss and kind of creating like a tag team mm. it feels like something out of like lord of the rings and i love playing like that and the people that make you feel small because you couldn't do a boss on your own can get the fuck out of this community and let people play the way that FromSoft allows them to what i kind of love um related to that idea of like having people with different weapons and kind of pointing it 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 kind of more captures something that I really love about Monster Hunter, which mm-hmm. is that when you meet someone playing that game and you see their armor or you see their weapon, it's kind of a map to the game they've yeah. played before that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know all the shit they had to do to get those things. And I love the idea of summoning in people and being like, where the fuck did you go? Like, yeah. where did you find that? <laughs> and that openness and that non-handholdiness is a really nice way of transplanting that feeling into a Dark Souls game because, like, you know, you could see people with certain weapons in Dark Souls and be like, oh, I know what you had to do, but it's the same thing you could... You would be on the same path that took you to those places naturally. And I love that Elden Ring kind of has a bit more of that, that Mm -hmm. feeling of... Mm -hmm you know self self-guided um discovery and that's something zelda actually like zelda breath of the wild is my favorite game of all time but its weapon system doesn't allow for that same thing Mm -hmm. um like that is one downside of how its weapon system works i actually like the degrading weapons that's just me um (laughs) but uh but yeah i think it's kind of cool that elden ring can build that into that with that same kind of vibe mm-hmm. um i think that's that's awesome i'm yeah, really yeah. excited about that mm-hmm. and you know I'm, i have not been able to summon i'll point out because like there's not a lot of people playing it and most mm. of the people that are playing it at the moment well pre-today were trying to get through the game as fast as possible whereas i had the lucky uh, option of yes i got to play the game early but i am not reviewing it so i was allowed to kind of like play it in the stat in the style that i wanted to play it which has been going very very broad i've or I think I've got two things left to do in the um, in the kind of like the first area now, at least that I know of. Um, and I've had a, an absolutely incredible time of it and just felt so kind of like, as I say, never bored, completely overjoyed. I found like mm-hmm. I found a person in one of the dungeons that gave me a sword and that sword like completely reinvigorated everything that I felt about the character and could, and sort of like made me realize actually the character I was building to before I'm not so fussed about now but I'm early enough in the game that means I can completely push all my points into I say now I've got like this magical spell casting battle mage basically mm. very very high dexterity I wanted to build a strength build because I always play decks but I found like the right equipment at the right time that made me go like no a, a dex focused very very fast but magical augmented character is really doing it for me this um, is also the first game since dragon's dogma where i've looked at it and been like i want to see those fucking spells yeah. like i want to cast those spells <laughs> mm-hmm. so the, the, that's I'm, that's where i'm going i'm gonna give it a go like i do with all these games i'm equally like you know i want to play it because if it is considered the greatest game of all time or one of the greatest games of all time i want to i want to play it and i'm equal parts excited and daunted by yeah, it and I, I kind of almost want 
maybe the way like for someone like me who isn't into these games is to p- play with someone or to summon in a lot and like almost have someone walk you through the first few hours and make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and i mean that's how i got i got a good chunk into i maybe got i don't know a quarter of the way into bloodborne like that's by far the first i got into one of these games and that was mainly because the first like six hours of that game i had either lucy or tam like with like watching basic like screen sharing and playing it with me because they know that game and i was like oh i'm getting into this now and like i don't feel lost so yeah i don't know i'm gonna obviously as i said i'm gonna give it a go i want to love it i hope i do but yeah i'm seeing when also when i watch it i'm seeing all the things that i don't get on with so we'll see i 100 percent know i won't finish this game but i think i'm going to enjoy at least some of it before it kicks my ass so hard that i'm like Mm no i want to play wordle i'll take it and the main thing is is just play it and be curious like open every single box look at every single like little peak that you can see in the distance and ride towards it it's got that zelda thing where you can open a box and you'll be teleported somewhere else and you're like oh where the hell am i now and Mm. it's like you'll meet a there's a character that i'm not gonna obviously say who he is because the joy of discovery is but the visual design of this character was just such an overwhelming amount of joy that it was just worth (laughs) i don't don't know what that could be a giant biscuit i mean giant something with an excellent hat is all it's a big bn (laughs) Oh, imagine that. I would love that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm sure we'll talk about this game more than once again. Maybe next week we'll have an update, see if anyone else has got a far of it. But yeah, Elden Ring, by all accounts, very, very good. And an open world game, which leads us nicely into the Build-A-Bear open world game workshop mm-hmm. thing. Um, basically, what we're going to do here is each of the three of us are going to build our own perfect open world game but we're gonna kind of it's a draft we're calling it a build a bear workshop yeah. is what we're doing yeah so we've got nine different categories here that we think i say we think i think <laughs> by uh, the, by the fact that i wrote them down are nine key ingredients for an open world game so we've got the location slash setting the main story the side missions the characters and NPCs in that world, the combat, the traversal, the music and radio stations, a gameplay quirk or system in brackets special source, <laughs> and lastly, a mini game. You always find a little mini board game or a card game or something in a lot of these games. Um, so basically, we're going to take turns at picking one aspect of an existing open world game. Mm-hmm and slotting them into those categories to build our own open world games and the key is no one game can be repeated so if someone picks the witcher 3 for their music no one else can pick that game in any other category and if you do pick the witcher 3 for music i will applaud (laughs) because having to having to listen to that (laughs) stuff the whole way through that game nearly fucking killed me (laughs) this so hopefully that makes sense it's basic. If you've listened to the back page or the big picture, it's it's like one of their drafts. But we're building a game. We're not picking games from like a year or a genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely haven't stolen it. Definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely. Also, not. we say we're no, building no. a game. This is going to be an absolute Frankenstein's oh, bastard yeah. of a game. Yeah. But oh yeah, it's going to make no sense. <laughs> you just have it's to imagine. <laughs> it's all good. So. I believe, Joe, you have got a random order picker yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'm on, see I'm on wheelofnames.com. 
Or um, um, just so we know, if you're familiar with uh, how drafts work, we're gonna. If you do fantasy football drafts, for example, we're gonna do a snake draft. So whoever picks third also picks fourth, and then it goes then, backwards. You know, yeah, that, that, that. so it evens out. Okay, so there we go. So I'm gonna spin for the first drafter. I think this is actually super important because I think there's one thing yeah. that will win you this draft immediately. <laughs> really? I'm spinning. Ooh. I'm spinning. Be me. Be me. Ah, it's Matt. Uh, Matt's I had a first. feeling it would be. Science told me. Science oh. told me it would be. Okay. Matt. Oh, it's just played a pause in my headphones. Now six. <laughs> you have to wait five picks. To, All right. To pick again. I've taken okay. Matt off to go second. Is spinning, 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 spinning. Makes a very satisfying noise. This website. Cardi. No, Joe gets the doubles. You both get doubles. I, n- I never get a double. No doubles That's for fine. you. Okay, so we know it's Matt first, then me, then Joe, then it'll be Joe, then me, then Matt, etc. Right, let's go. Matt, what are you picking first and in what category? We are going... like there's. It's because there is literally only one option for this one, and if you didn't yeah. pick it, we'd have fucked it. Side missions, The Witcher 3. Oh, you... oh that's not yeah. actually what I thought it would really? be. Really? That was what I was going to go for. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I still need you not to pick my things. In your pick. Okay. Oh, I don't know what yours is now. <laughs> All right, The Witcher 3 is off. Okay, so we, uh, I thought that one might go first. Do you need me I to think, justify think, my pick? I mean, talk about it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. mean, it's obvious. Like we, The Witcher 3 has been held as like the side mission kind of like bar since the day it came out. And basically, no one, I think, has met it. Not even CD Projects can meet their own bar. And this is because, obviously, mm-hmm. a huge amount... I think we discussed the other day that Horizon Forbidden West is actually very good at kind of getting in this ballpark. But the reason... like the Side missions in The Witcher do range in, like, from smaller quests to much larger ones. But it's the fact that every single one of them is backed up by a very well-written story, regardless of if it's, like, frivolous or not. And yeah. has, you know, good writing behind them, good objectives to do. But more often than not surprise you by starting as if they think they're going to be tiny and turn into big things. My favourite one from The Witcher 3 is you do some stuff, I'm fairly sure it's with Dandelion, where you're just making posters to begin with, but it turns into a massive murder mystery. The CSI. It it becomes a police procedural where Geralt is the main character. That is one of the That's the one that sticks out to me. I mean, the Bloody Baron stuff is technically optional, isn't it? Yeah, Bloody Baron's optional. The Baron stuff with the the bog, with the the, uh, whispering tree or something, I can't remember. Yeah, the hillock, is it? Or something like that. Yeah. God, that, I'm... I, when that game comes out on PS5, yeah, so I'm, I cannot wait. I'm to thinking play about that too. Again. Yeah, what a game! And yeah, that was to me that was the obvious one. I think I know what the other obvious one is to Joe, and I'm thinking I might just steal it I'll, to screw it because, like, you. because I think it is one of the narrower categories, and I only have two things written down for it, and I'm gonna pick it for gameplay system and quirk. No, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Nemesis. <laughs> Fuck <system>. you. <laughs> <laughs> But which one from Shadow of uh, Shadow of Mordor? You can't pick it from no, Shadow of Mordor. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not going really to. I'm not going to. Um, Fuck. Yeah. I mean, one of the more unique gameplay systems in any game, let alone an open world game, and it should be in almost every game, and it isn't. Effectively, <laughs> what you've they done is, trademarked. is trademarked the Nemesis system, as <laughs> yeah, happened yeah, in yeah. real life. <laughs> I hate um, you. <laughs> if you don't know what the Nemesis system is, it is... 
when you kill an enemy in Shadow of War, they will come back, or when you fight them, they will come back badder and stronger than ever. They will remember you, they will insult you, and it is just a great way of character building in a world that could just be nameless orcs and they managed to make it into one of the more exciting systems in a game it's the way it uses your player expression to change that person so like Mm -hmm. if you set them on fire they'll come back with burnt like skin and ulcers and like wrappings if you cut their arm off they'll have like essentially a coat hanger for an arm now and like if you kill them with poison they've learned how to like you know deactivate poisons and stuff like that all of that stuff so so well done the bar- i forgot so the bards right. the bards that will sing about how you killed them previously <laughs> yeah that is enough like uh i know the one wonder woman game is getting the nemesis system i think they yeah. said mm-hmm. so yeah i just want another nemesis system game uh so joe you have back-to-back picks now. okay i don't think there's any more where it's like a hundred percent no, there are some games i will be like gutted if i don't get them i think i but, think yeah nemesis system is the one where i was like that for me was the one. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have what I think are a couple of good things, but that's beyond. But yeah, I'm annoyed you got that. So I'm going to go relatively obvious for setting slash location. I'm going to go Hyrule from Breath of the Wild. Um, okay, because it's big, it's varied. The the elements of discovery in that place, like despite what we said mm-hmm. about weapons and stuff from Elden Ring, like the feeling of looking at a map and going what is that twirly bit of sand or like why is this like why is there's this mountain range and then there's this one little pocket in the middle of it and kind of giving you this sense of like i constantly want to go there and go to somewhere else Mm -hmm. i think is uh is fucking incredible so i've I've, i I thought you might pick breath of the wild so i i didn't even bother putting it down (laughs) so i was like i'll let joe have that one it's weird because as i was going through this list like breath of the wild kind of isn't that applicable to a lot of these? Like, I also had it. I also had it. Doesn't it doesn't do any of those things, arguably the best, but it brings them all together, arguably the best. Yeah. <laughs> I had it in music, uh, but I wasn't going to do yeah. that. That would be insane. So, um, the, mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure where to put this aspect of Breath of the Wild, and now we've done kind of both of them. It was either location or the special source. What do we consider the systemic physical uh, layer of it? Where does actually, that come from? I think that's mm-hmm. a really good point. I think. You could make a real. I, honestly, I'm kind of annoyed. I didn't think about that, but like they they call it the. I think they call it the chemistry system, mm-hmm. like how things react to one another within that place. Like I think that's a really good shout. I think I have other stuff that I like to go in there, and I, mm-hmm. well, frankly, I should have thought got, about it. You've you've got another pick. I do, and I'm. Gonna, it's going to be a, a very weird one-two punch, and I'm delighted that I get to do it. <laughs> Traversal, burnout paradise. <laughs> Burnout Paradise, ooh. ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like one of the nicest ways to get around anywhere in any game is fucking mm-hmm. careening a car at everyone else and making them explode. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining this in a Hyrule world uh, by way of horses. <laughs> just horses fucking everywhere and you're barreling into them and breaking their legs off and they have to get shot for glue. Doesn't Link get a, a motorbike in one of the DLCs? He does have a motorbike in one of the DLC. It's, I mean, that motorbike is ridiculous because it's given to you right at the end. Once you've done everything, you're just mm-hmm. like, why am I riding this motorbike around now? Um, but yeah, I mean, just one of the greatest ways to get around any open world ever. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful system um, and it should it's come great. back. Fantastic. Well, I've got my next pick. And... Oh, 
and that's like to, do you know what I'm gonna go mm, actually because oh, do I want that for oh god oh god I'm already like oh no no I'm gonna go I'm gonna go location mm-hmm. I'm gonna have on. Night City from Cyberpunk we've, we've done location it's Hyrule isn't it no 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 we're yeah but we all one get each. one each oh we're doing one each come of course, on sorry I'm bit- <laughs> We had an old way of doing this, but we've switched the new way, and now I'm picking Night City from Cyberpunk. By no means a great game. Well, I think it's a great game. By no means a perfect game, uh, for many, many reasons. But one thing this game does get right is a sense of place, and that city is amazing to be in. And it's not too big an open world, which I'm slightly worried about, because it may limit my traversal options if I pick something that, say, includes flying, because... You'll cover that map in about two seconds, but it's a great sense of place. And I was thinking, does it is it characters or the or the location that makes that a great place to be in? But it's definitely it's for def- me the location. It's location. Like the only reason I didn't give up on that game sooner when I did, like when I was playing on PlayStation, mm-hmm. it was just crashing every five minutes. The only reason I was continuing is because I liked going to new places in that. Like I didn't like the combat, mm-hmm. I didn't like the quests. But that was the thing. I was just like, this is this is a fucking yeah. cool place. So that's my pick. So far, I've got the Nemesis system in, in Night City, which is sounding good to me. I don't know what else the game is, but I've got a system and a place. So there we go. Matt, you've got a double pick now. A double pick. So I'm going to do location then, in which case I'm going to take uh, The Lands Between from Elden Ring, um, basically for the reasons that I've outlined about 15 minutes ago and obviously a little bit of what Joe was saying about Hyrule. Mm. They've got that mm-hmm. together. Um I'm then going to do combat. Ooh. And I'm going to take Horizon Forbidden West. Ooh. Oh, Wasn't that was that, that was one of my mm-hmm. that was one of my two or three I had down for it. So, yeah, I got oh. I got another one which is a little bit more I think what you might traditionally expect from me a bit more systemic, but I think there's mm-hmm. obviously some recency bias with Horizon, but I like how precise and calibrated that combat is. Like, there's a real distinct reason for everything on those enemies and everything in your toolkit. And yes, I think it needs to be yep. streamlined a little bit. But the kind of like sense of tactics and sense of cinema each of those battles gets, like, you're doing very, very precise things, very, very cool things that are designed to undermine your enemies at the same time while the overall like engine of that world is providing a sense of cinema yeah. with the way that mm. they, they bound at you and they burrow and they kind of like open mm-hmm. up massive silos on their backs and launch like spinning discs that shoot lasers. All of that is very, very yeah. cool. It's look, it, it's some of the most fun com- combat out there for me. It's caveman binary domain. It's good <laughs> shit. You can knock pieces off of stuff and reveal their pulsing innards. It's great. I love that. Right. I'm going to... It's me... And I'm going to go side missions just because I only have one left because our things have been taken out. No, you better not be taking my one again. I don't think I will be. I honestly don't think it will be because I'm going to go Fallout 3. Oh, thank God. That's a good pick. um, I just... I was was thinking... Like, do you know what? For so many massive open-world RPG games, not many of them actually do have memorable side quests when Mm. I think about it. Like outside, Witcher is like gold standard. Forbidden West, I think, does a great job, but never quite reaches no, no, Witcher no. levels. Um, even stuff like GTA games and stuff, you're like, 
uh, you do fun little things, but they're never like nothing like The Witcher. But Fallout Three kind of kind of gets there. You have obviously you have the megaton stuff. You have the um, what's that? Is it ta- oh, penny? What's the penny tower? Tell the uh, I haven't played this game. Yeah, in a I know long the one time. where you go up with the old man at the very top of it. Yeah. Mm. Oh like, yeah. It's just I almost went for I was torn between three and four because four also has some very good side missions, but it's too late to change it now. But yeah, I'm gonna go Fallout just because for like you know Bethesda they do like I'm not a big Elder Scrolls fan, so mm. I may not be taking that in any categories, but. That also has some memorable side quests. I feel like, yeah, I'm going to go Fallout 3 for my side missions in Night City with the Nemesis system. I think that I've got a gold standard side missions pick that both of you have forgotten about. I think this is up there with The Witcher 3, but for very different reasons. And it is Batman Arkham City. I knew you were going to go for it. I I did think about it. The way that game builds side missions as coherent mini stories that feel like comic book arcs that play out over the course of a full game the way that Mm -hmm. those side missions can appear in places you didn't know they were going to happen like they're the most organic yet scripted side missions i can i can ever think of in an open world game Mm -hmm. or like any game like i can't think of a game that's done this thing as well as this um yeah and all I'm saying is the only way Breath of the Wild could be better other than having Burnout Paradise Traversal is that if you climb to the top of fucking <laughs> a big mountain and Man Bat flew at you, it would be amazing. Um, yeah, I just... That, the side missions in that game are absolutely You've definitely got the weirdest game so far. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, knew, I knew this. I think we, we could have guessed that I would my friend. Uh, what's your game? next one? Um... I'm struggling to whether I go sensible or personal. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's no, never no, no. stopped you. Uh, no, I'm going to go sensible for this one, just to just to get it off the table. Although, actually, I think it still leaves open a lot of options. But for music, I'm going to go GTA V. Um, okay. I think there are a lot of choices, obviously, in GTA that mm-hmm. pe- I'm, I'm sure there's a good chance that we'll all pick GTA games for that. But five for me is the soundtrack that I've listened to the most. It's the most varied. Like, there's so much mm-hmm. to it. Um, and just... I just really remember driving around waiting for fucking bass drum of death to come on and really enjoying <laughs> myself when it did. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm think i going to go... And apart from anything else, it just gets it off the table for all the other bits, just in case. Yeah, take you've taken a big one off the board there. Yeah. I was slightly worried you might take my next pick off the board, which is arguably i think at this point i would admit it to myself my favorite game of all time i've got to have something from red dead 2 oh i was gonna steal it from you on yeah. the next pick you yeah i thought i do you know what i shouldn't have left it this long because i thought someone might break my heart with this i'm taking <sighs> there's two categories here which i can take yeah, in i know the two and i'm gonna take it I'm going to take characters and NPCs. I think it's the best cast of characters in any game. I love just talking to those people at the camp. Like, Dutch, to me, the best villain in any game. Just, I love his arc so much. And that's over, you know, you could take it. Red Dead Redemption 1 is still on the board for something. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I just, every single member of your gang, you get to know they'd like, incredibly well-written game and yeah what more do you need to say about how good red dead 2 is yeah i don't think a lot that that so, all yeah. main story are like such dead-on picks for for it like yeah it's those so were good. those were what it was between and i was so yeah so far i've got 
uh, Night City with the Nemesis system and Dutch Vanderlind walking around, which it's is pretty good. good. Um, who's got two now? Is it you, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For I'm going to go characters and NPCs, mm. of which I'm going to take a pick. I don't think will be necessarily on any of your other lists, but I'm going to do Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, you bastard! Oh. That is on one oh, of my it? lists. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, Reckon, I've, in... I've got other. I've got other picks there. Mm-hmm. That's a great pick. Yeah, so Dragon Age Inquisition, very similar to The Witcher in that it's not an open world of like the Rockstar or Ubisoft design, but it is an open world for for an RPG. You know, it's very very open, just mm-hmm. made up of different countries that you visit, like The Witcher is. But arguably more than The Witcher is kind of built up about the close bonds between a group of characters, and mm-hmm. the the Dragon Age Inquisition kind of crew whilst maybe not quite as special to me as like the Mass Effect Normandy crew, is still very, very well put together. And arguably the only reason why it's not as special as the Normandy one is because they didn't get the games to build up kind of like their personal mm. character arcs. They are the product of Bioware learning over three Mass Effect games and two Dragon Age games and the Knights of the Old Republic games. Like how to create really in-depth living characters that properly change over the course of, uh, you know, anywhere between 30 and 90 hour arc of story that kind mm-hmm. of like grow with you and, you know, the relationships you have with them, whether they're romantic or not, kind of have all sorts of wrinkles and complications. And then obviously kind of like you bring those people on adventures with you and like their additive dialogue that they bring to each of kind of like the quests that you do is all so, mm-hmm. so well thought out. Um, yeah, yeah, I think really it's, it's, stunning, stunning approach to character. Having design. having never played that game, I'm going to assume that's a great pick. Um, but there we go. And you've still got one more to go. Yeah. Okay. While I consider what I'm going to do for main story, since you you fucked that one up because I'd literally got one, <laughs> which was RDR2. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to think that one through. But I'm going to go for traversal and go for another modern one, which is uh, Dying Light Two. Oh, that wasn't even anywhere near. Man. No, Ooh. but partially this is, you know, it obviously uses a lot of kind of like the, the logic of kind of Breath of the Wild in that it's a stamina based climb almost everything sort of system. But there's just a little mm-hmm. bit more like Link can climb whatever he can put his hands on. And that's the idea of the game in the same way that any character in Assassin's Creed can. There's just a little bit more kind of tactical work that you have to do in Dying Light. Um, okay. Like, you know, you can't climb sheer walls. You'd need to find things with ledges or handholds on them. But the way that that game is, I've, I've played quite a lot of it now, and I've got to the point where its traversal system brings in, like, hang gliders and um, grapple hooks and stuff like that. And the way... It's not purely just about the way that you traverse that world. It's, like, the way it introduces things to you. So traversal is constantly an interesting thing through that game. You don't master it in the first five hours and then do the same thing for the rest of the game. Mm. It's constantly introducing cool new tools that make you see its world in a different light and realise, oh, now I completely can change the way I approach getting around this city. Yeah. Like, no idea like how that in the, fits. In the lands yeah. between. Yeah, no idea yeah. how it fucking fits there. <laughs> but the Was idea it, of free um, running across it probably is cool. After my next pick and Joe's next one pick we'll do a recap just so people can be reminded where we're out of these games yeah. but my next pick 
I'm going to go... There's, there's some categories here where I only have two games in, so I'm going to have to start picking those, I think. I am going to go main story now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Batman Arkham Knight for main story. Oh, shit, sorry. I, I actually meant to say Knight, but that's fine. Go with it. Like, <laughs> it, it, I've look, said City now. If you want to... If, Okay, you've got you've you've taken. I mean, they both have amazing side missions. It doesn't matter either. Yeah, you're you're getting good side missions. But yeah, Arkham Knight I think is the best told story. I think we talked about this before. The best told story of all the Batman games, the neatest one, the one that kind of yeah. I just I basically think it's the best of the games anyway, but Mm. definitely the best of the stories. Arkham City does come close to me story wise, but I think it gets a little bit jumbled towards the end. Whereas uh, Night's nice and clean. I think it has a jum- yeah. I think it has a jumbled start as well. City, like City, really drops mm-hmm. you into a situation without explaining very much. And like, I always thought the middle of that game is where it sings, where you kind of you kind of adjusted to things and let it go. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think um, I think Night yeah. is the most coherent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now we've got Dutch Vandal in as I don't know Scarecrow or the Joker. Um, I don't know how it works, really. It'd work. We're going to say it works. Um, Joe, just give us one pick and then we'll do a recap. And you can have your other one. I'm going to go for... Mm. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. Combat. Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain. That was my other one. Oh, that, was, that was my next pick. Um, <laughs> that is... I like there's a lot about Phantom Pain that I kind of admire more than I love but mm-hmm. the way that game builds combat into like the fabric of how you play its missions and the way it adapts to you based on your combat choices is mm-hmm. still kind of unmatched like the flexibility of it is incredible uh and just the number of options you have in any given situation like i think actually horizon forbidden west feels of a piece with it to some extent like obviously they're going for very different things but they both have this like this sense of a tool set rather than just a set of weapons like you're kind of Mm -hmm. working with the world as much as you are against the enemies and i think i think it's just it really really sings when you get into those moments where you're improvising as well as planning um yeah, mm-hmm. so just a really fucking cool I mean, combat solid, system. That is a solid pick. I feel like I have a good backup, but it's, it's whether you take it in the next pick. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to do a recap. So, so far I have Night City from Cyberpunk as the setting for my game, with the story of Arkham Knight, the characters of Red Dead Redemption 2, the side missions of Fallout 3, and the Nemesis system. I don't know how it's fitting together, but it sounds good. Yeah, uh, Joe, what have you got? I've got... The setting of Breath of the Wild, the side missions of Arkham City by accident, the combat of Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, the traversal of Burnout Paradise, the music of GTA Five. I'm just imagining Link going around Hyrule in a burnout car, yeah. doing like dropping Fultons in while listening to Phil Collins, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and fucking battling man like, bat, battling man oh. bat or calendar man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Matt, what have you got? I've got the the Lands Between is the setting from Elden Ring with the side missions of The Witch of Three, which is populated by the characters from Dragon Age Inquisition. You fight like you do in Horizon Forbidden West and you run around the world like you do in Dying Light 2. <laughs> that sounds really good. That's the slight outlier, but yeah, you've got a lot of fancy there. You've been tying it together quite mm. nicely, I think. Um Anyway, Joe, what's your second pick of your double here? I think I'm going to go for 
Oh, I've got so many good picks. I want to pick <laughs> loads of picks. I'm going to go for gameplay quirk or system. This is one for me. Dragon's Dogma, the pawn system. I mm-hmm. thought that might come. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what the uh, pawn system is, it's the best. Uh, you make a, on top of your player character. Oh yeah, we never established the fact that we don't have a main character section because we've established that all our games will have player characters that you design. Yes, just to make things easy. Or it's just us. Imagine us in these worlds. Yeah. Um, Alongside your main character in Dragon's Dogma, you also create a pawn who is a second NPC character that follows you around for the entire game uh, and Mm -hmm. says mad shit because the AI is really weird. Um, And uh, but the pawn system is every player's NPC pawn can be spawned and essentially hired like a mercenary in other people's games to make up a party of four. So you'll always have you, your pawn, and then up to two other pawns from other players to make up your little adventurers. Mm. And they are like soulless rift creatures who uh, who just like help out adventurers in every possible multiverse uh, <laughs> reality. And it's fucking hilarious. Like they're really lovable. Like it's a really nice way to make you enjoy spending time with an NPC over the course of an entire game because you have an active investment in their like getting better not just Mm -hmm. for your own benefit but for the benefit it brings you like pawns can find stuff in other players games so if your pawn's good enough and gets taken on high level quests they can bring back high level materials and stuff that you need yourself so it becomes like this really nice interaction of like the personal and the professional almost to some extent um it's just it's such a great system i'm surprised it hasn't been used since like it's very weird but uh, just extremely cool. Sounds like sounds like it fits. It does. Um, well, nothing fits in your game. Shut up. That, by by that rule, anything fits. Yeah. So um, I'm going next. I'm going to go. Do I think both of you have picked traversal, so I can leave that mm. one because I think I've got two games there that won't be picked in other categories. I'm going to go combat because that is a big big deal mm. in a game. How you actually combat. I'm going Halo Infinite. Oh, that was my second pick. That, I had Metal Gear and Halo Infinite as my, my two top... I just wanted one of those for combat. Or Horizon Forbidden West, which Matt took. So at least I got one of my three, which was always kind of going to happen. But uh, yeah, I'm relatively new to Halo, I admit. Halo Infinite's the one I've easily played the most of. But my word, if it isn't an incredibly good gun-shooting game. <laughs> um, I will say that doesn't include the grapple, because I would consider that... Well, actually, no, you can use the grapple for combat. Yeah. But not traversal. So, okay. Um, <laughs> um, Flesh grapple. But yeah. And I assume by combat, so that also comes with all the guns. So Night City is now populated with all Halo weaponry mm. as well. So yeah, I'm taking Halo Infinite's gunplay to my game. Nice. Uh, Matt, you're double. Right. For my special source, I'm going to use... <laughs> I don't think there's actually a necessarily a name for this, but um, Ashen, which is the Annapurna Souls-like, um, basically nicked... I get to use it because they have an open world, but they nicked this from another game. <laughs> have a system <laughs> where... Um, so you are always you always take an NPC around with you in Ashen to help you out. But that NPC sometimes is not an NPC and it's another mm. player in the same way that Journey does it. And that creates such like a beautiful sense of shared fear as you delve into 
because Ashen's dungeons are pitch black. Like you have to carry a torch into them. And the idea of like the both of you, like the one's the torch bearer, the other person's the one that's a bit more brawny. And the way that that works and just the like the initial moment of realization you're actually journeying with another player and you've gone from like complete loneliness to actually there's the two of you together is really, really nicely done. And I think it does add something special to those experiences. So that is what I'm going to use. Interesting. Off That is definitely off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. That's what you're bringing to the table, man. Yeah. What, what's your next one? So... I think I'm going to admit that like all of the good stuff at this point feels like it's been taken off the table for main scenario like like Red Dead is really the one that you want um, but what I am going to do is for kind of different reasons than rather than just straight up like incredible through line we're actually going to choose Assassin's Creed Valhalla for main story Ooh. and this is because of the way that take an Orlog off the table yeah you bastard yeah I, I knew all that you put an Orlog um <laughs> But for main story is the way that it actually carves up its main story into kind of almost like televisual season arcs. Each Mm. area of England is split into like a different county and each one has a distinct start, middle and end to those. And I really like the way that it introduces these kind of interesting historical characters and you do like a year in their life effectively compressed. And I like Mm -hmm. the, you know, Again, this is some. This is basically something they stole from The Witcher, in that you go to a different area of The Witcher's world and you do a storyline that does have a distinct start, middle, and an end, and you get a satisfaction from it. But this Assassin's Creed did it pretty good, so I'm going to steal that. So it's more of a case of its conceptual design, much more than the the actual specific storyline. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I've got my next pick. I'm going to go. I'm going to go music slash radio stations. Shadow of the Colossus hmm. uh, is up there in my all-time favourite game music. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it fits into cyberpunk setting, but I think, I don't know, it it might clash, but it'll be a beautiful clash nonetheless. Um, I was going to go the radio station route, but I thought, you know what, let's a, let's a touch of class and get some... Uh, some absolutely beautiful Japanese orchestral music in there. So I'm going Shadow of the Colossus for music. Right. I've got main story, mini game, and characters and NPCs left. We've all left mini game. Yeah, oh. I wonder why. I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that because you've taken Witcher 3, I can't take Blood and Wine as a story by itself. Nah, that's part of the same game. Fuck mate. You. Come on. Uh, all right. In which case, near automata, mm. not ne- not because of how what that story is, but because of how it's structured. It is an open world mm-hmm. game that you play multiple times, often taking in different perspectives and introducing new mechanics as you do. Mechanics mm-hmm. we, we can take off the table, but I like the idea of an open world game that you can play with different characters and experience events separately with brand new consequences and like new meanings for those things how that melds with fucking breath of the wild (laughs) scope i do not know but i just think near automata is like one of the most interesting open world story designs that there's ever Mm -hmm. been and i'm i'm nabbing it it's mine have it why not what's next um i'm gonna go characters and npcs 
and I'm going to go Final Fantasy 15 because Ooh. for nothing else than like the sense of camaraderie like that's the only game I've ever seen where I've done a big fighting move and then automatically two characters have fist bumped like that's cool as fuck <laughs> I love the little conversations mm-hmm. I love the sense of going on a journey with people even though they're not real people i like i think the growth of those characters is slightly mad in that game and like there's definitely a lot to be said about how how it progresses over time but that is it chapter three that's absolutely fucking huge yeah like it's really really long like just that chapter of like we're going out we're camping we're having chats we're cooking we're going in the car, having a little chat in there. We're fighting some monsters and everyone's fist bumping and jumping over each other. Like, it's just a really nice feeling set of NPCs to travel around. And that's what I'd want to capture in my game. Mm-hmm. I like it Me very too. much. Yeah. Was that two picks? That, that was two picks. That was two picks. Okay, so we all have two picks left, right? Mm-hmm. No, I've got one. Right? No, you've got one. Yeah. I've got, one. I've got two. <sighs> Do I leave Traversal still? Or do I go for the mini game? I can leave the mini game. I can leave it till last. I've got two options for each of these. Mm-hmm. Traversal. I'm going with Marvel Spider Man. Yeah, very so good, can, strong. So I can swing around Night City. I don't have Halo's Infinite, Halo Infinite's grapple hook, but I do have Spider Man's web slinging. So I don't know if my game's third or third person yet. Who really knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work. But, uh, God, it will come together. I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Imagine swinging around Night City while listening to Shadow of the Colossus score. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I've come up with. I, do you know what? I had a narrow, I was, I'm in an errand there between Spider-Man and Just Cause 3. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. But I was thinking Night City might be a bit too small for just cause uh, traversal because that you would just one grapple hook and a plane and you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm going Spider-Man's traversal for my game. There we go, Matthew. Um, your last your last two picks. I believe. Yeah. So for music, I'm just going to go wild and do GTA Vice City. Nice. Because. <laughs> Let's just it's a solid solid there's clearly some sort of time ref stuff going on in in the lands between which means that you get GTA's music and now I'm left uh, with minigame which quite honestly I can't think of any other minigames that aren't in the games that we've already really I've got several Ooh, come interesting. on so the minigames are always like I never play the minigames no, in these things which is why like oh. I'm I spent too long playing the mini games. <laughs> oh, what am I gonna do? And it has to be from an open world, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. The ones I've played have always been in like linear RPGs. Give me triple triad. Blitzball, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, for the moment, concede my go so that I can think oh, a bit longer. Oh, that's big! It's delaying, <laughs> delaying the pick. Um, I have two for mini game. One is one is better than the other. Um, so I suppose yeah. Here's my mini game pick. I'm just going poker from Red Dead Redemption One. Yeah, very good pick. Play a lot of poker. And I, do you know it was close between that? Do I pick that or Liars Dice from Red Dead? Mm. But I went with the poker. 
Um, I mean, poker's yeah. not a, a big game that people enjoy in real life. So I know, it that's works. its own game. So yeah, yeah I'm sticking, I'm sticking, I'm sticking a poker in there, so to speak. So uh, there we go. Okay, that is my game complete. But uh, we've got two more pits to go still. I have a. Uh, oh, Matt, have you thought of one? No. Okay, I have a question as to so whether this games. counts. <laughs> um, would you consider? The you know in Assassin's Creed two like your villa and building it up and like turning it into Ooh, a new a place game. is that a mini game is or is that a meta or game? A mini game? Should we allow it just for the just just so we get it done? I don't know if you had any backups. I, I do. I, I do. I, I have. Is backups. it a mini? Is it a mini game? I don't do you know. I don't. You know it? what? Now that I say it out loud, it's not a mini game. It's that's it. It's not playable. It's just something that you do it's a, it's in the system. background. Yeah. yeah. But I do want to point out. Open world games that have base building aspects yeah. involved are the best. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a I have a more than capable backup <laughs> that will only add to the insane <laughs> game that I've created, but actually oh, meshes no. really well with the GTA Five music. Yakuza Zero Karaoke. <laughs> I was literally was thinking about Yakuza games for this. Yeah. Um, oh, there's lots more of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the karaoke, particularly in Yakuza Zero, is fucking hilarious like because it's not just mm-hmm. a fun rhythm action game it's also the cutscenes that go with it are bonkers like they are mind's eye yeah. fever dreams of your character doing stuff and if you take into account that i would have my character npcs like final fantasy 15 doing backup <laughs> vocals and a pawn that i could bring in from someone else's game oh, it'd be absolutely brilliant i think people would play my game just for the karaoke maybe have you thought of a mini? Do you want to know what my backup mini game was, Matt? You can have it if you Go want. Go on then, but it's probably not going to be what it I'm was, choosing. Um, uh, Fortune Tower from Fable 2. <laughs> nah. oh, I don't remember that. What was that? That's, that's the one with the cards where you basically bet on whether one above in the above line will match the one in the below line. Oh, and if yeah. they do, all your cards burn and you lose the bet. Mm. I don't know. I'm just a sucker for games a lot like that. Nah. Um, it's going to be. Nah. Uh, dragon nah, Kart, nah. which is the kart racing from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Nice, that is good. <laughs> which I'm betting you wishing you picked Gwent now instead of side missions, <laughs> you fool. I mean, no, that's not going to win me the fucking draft, is no, it? No, fucking no. Gwent. <laughs> However, essentially Mario Kart with massive guns and rocket launches and stuff like that is. So mm-hmm. it's a good pick. Yeah, I like it a lot. Good pick. That's all our picks done, so it's time to run through. We're not going to do like some sort of poll or winner here. Aren't we? Think. We could do a poll. I think we could, we could do, do a, poll. a poll. from. Well, let's do a poll from the IGN UK Twitter if you don't follow that. Uh, follow it. I'm sure we'll retweet it if you follow us on mm. Twitter. Um, but here are our games. So mine is a game set in Night City with the story of Arkham Knight, the side missions of Fallout 3, with the characters and NPCs of Red Dead 2's world in it, the combat of Halo Infinite, the traversal of Spider-Man, the music of Shadow of the Colossus, weird, the Nemesis system, and a lot of poker. Yeah, that's a good fucking game, man. I like it. And honestly, I, I, I think I think the Nemesis system just wins it immediately. That's the problem. I think it's too uh, good. I, don't know. I think Witcher Three just trumps all sometimes. It does. It's pretty but, good. Don't know, Joe. What have you? What have you? <laughs> what the hell have you got? I've got the most. <laughs> Actually, looking at it. This is a very Japanese game. Um, I have uh, the location of Breath of the Wild. Beautiful mm-hmm. Hyrule. The story of Nier Automata. 
The side missions are Batman Arkham City. The characters are Final Fantasy XV, or the NPCs of it. Uh, the combat of Metal Gear Solid V, Phantom Pain. The traversal of Burnout Paradise. The music, oh, the, the music of GTA V. The pawn system from Dragon's Dogma. And the karaoke from Yakuza Zero. Wow, what a game. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'd play it I mean, I'd play all- That's the thing. I would play all of these. I have, I have created a game that I know I would fucking run to a shop to buy if I heard it was on sale. And I'm true to myself. Uh, Matt, what have, what have, what have you got? Right, this is an open world game that is set in the lands between from Elden Ring, but has the main story from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which probably sort of would gel. Yeah. Side missions from The Witcher 3 with the characters of Dragon Age Inquisition. Has the combat, though, of Horizon Forbidden West, so there are clearly <laughs> massive fucking metal dinosaurs in this game. <laughs> Uh, but you run around it as if you're in Dying Light 2. But you have the music, presumably on some sort of ancient iPod, from GTA Vice City. Yeah. You get to bring this in is... random people in a, in a drop-in co-op system from Ashen. And you also, in your spare time, get to do a mini-game in which you drive dragon carts around <laughs> the presumable... I don't know where the cart circuits are coming from, but they're there. Who knows? I, I mean, it. yeah, again, I'd give it a go. I'd give it a bloody good go. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go for any Divinity, Matt. I, I don't really uh... consider it an open world game. Oh, but it is, isn't it? I don't know. It's there big are areas. Some, but... There are a lot of caveats, yeah. like Some games are borderline open world, aren't they? But yeah, those are three games. I'm sure we will do a poll uh, on Twitter at some point so people can vote on what was the best. I don't know if I don't know if we'll go as far as making a little Twitter graphic or not. I don't know if we're that professional. Uh but who knows. I hope you enjoyed that. We certainly had fun doing it. So um yeah, I don't think we're going to do an endless search this week because we are running quite long. And do you know what that was kind of a big old long game in itself. It was. So there we go. It was fun for all the family that was. Um but we do of course have some feedback which you can send to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, who's first this week? Is it me? I think it might be. It me. is. Uh, I've got an email from Benji Stanley. He says, Good afternoon, all. Long time listener, first time writing in. Wanted to ask about any key moments from games that have always stuck in the mythos of your friendship group. My brother and I are naturally competitive in everything, but but all our games have been marred by a true horror that hurt our sibling relationship in 2010. God, this is taking a turn. We were playing FIFA World Cup 2010 in a tight game going to extra time, when in stoppage time, my brother's Dutch winger, which Dutch winger would have been in 2010? Robin. Could have been Arjen Robin. Yeah, could have been Arjen Robin. Um, receives a pass standing, so the Dutch winger, sorry, received a pass standing a clear 20 feet offside. He inevitably scores the one-on-one to win the game, us replaying the replay over and over to understand how the blatant call could ever be missed. Ever since then, this has been the gold standard for video game bullshit, which is frequently referred to in our conversations. was wondering if you had any similar moments of that so outrageous that they always get brought up in your gaming circle. Love the podcast, as always. Respect the sea. In brackets, I fear it so much I had to stop playing Outer Wilds. <laughs> that is a shame. Uh, Benji from Liverpool. I'm just trying to think about this. I don't know if I have anything like that that's like caused outrage. We. Uh, it's not um outrage due to the game but it's an outrage of how to play the game when we used to play soul caliber probably 
two or three. There's a character called Killink who has a big stick. And he has this one move that I think you literally press two buttons and he does it. And it's just him poking his big stick in front of him miles across mm-hmm. the, the arena and it hits you loads of times. Um, yeah. And one of our friends, oh, yeah. one of our friends on. who's called Tim Sherwood, uh, which will be fun for people <laughs> who like football. Um, and he's a Spurs fan, so imagine that. Um, yeah. He did that so much and almost nothing else that we just referred to bullshit spamming the same move in fighting games as Sherwooding for most of our childhood. Um, so that would be... That's my like outrage. You do, you do kind of have that with fighting games. Like, Is it uh, is it Yoshimitsu in Tekken who can do the one where he like, stabs himself through but, the Yeah, but back. does loads of damage yeah. to the other person. Yeah. Yeah, there's always moves like that. I don't know if there was moves like that. We have like things that stick around in WhatsApp groups, like just from when we're playing. Like we, we have our one WhatsApp group just called Big Uncle. Big Uncle's Big Nightmare. Yeah, because if you don't know, the secret best thing on the PlayStation Five is the chat transcription because when it doesn't you're in work. A voice chat. Yeah, because it doesn't ever pick up accurately what you're saying. And one time, I can't even remember who it's said. One of us, it for just said big uncle have a big fucking nightmare i don't know what was said i know by who but we laughed so much (laughs) for about 40 minutes just about that like we were meant to be logging off the call and i think we all just laughed at that forever so now it's just parlance it's like oh if you want to send something oh like if you want to play games i'll stick it in big uncle which sounds awful it does but there's huge gun poor old uncle Yeah, uh, Matt. Do, I have, do you have any? I have nothing trauma? to contribute to this. I'm afraid. Partially, <laughs> but this not. is probably down to like a lot of these kind of things come from when your kids right playing around like a console and doing sort of like double pad and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I was a oh, PC this kid, is right? Be a lonely story. Well, oh, PCs yeah. generally are quite a lonely. Thing. You don't really couch co-op on a PC, right? So I think like that yeah. entire kind of like childhood spent playing single player graphic adventures and RPGs does not lend so much to creating a friendship gaming mythos. Well, do write into IGN underscore UK feedback if you have any uh, similar stories, some outrageous game stories that have stuck the length of time. Uh, Joe, you've got one here. Okay, this is from us, from Andreas, who says, Hi, after the ghost stories got nowhere, I have the strangest faith healer story. I don't remember the ghost Ooh. stories. What happened with ghost stories? We tried, we tried, there was like a week where we were like, anyone got any ghost stories? It was following on from like sandwiches and drowning. Oh, I we see. We never really, we, I think we got like one or two. All right. It never, it never took off. Well, let's go faith healer. About 30 years ago, I had an injury on my right wrist that I had to heavily bandage every time I played tennis and had pain for days thereafter. Thinking it would eventually go away in winter doesn't happen in winter right wrists get worse in winter it followed me for more than two years dot 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 until that fateful day oh no here in germany one sunday afternoon 2 p.m bag of crisps next to me pain in my wrist (laughs) that's a beautiful setup (laughs) zapping through tv i came across a third-rate celebrity news type of station they had a rerun of a faith healer called the great vladoy who didn't speak it's just the prestige yes who didn't speak german but promised that he could heal any injury via the tv just by concentrating nonsense you had to put your right hand on the spot and keep still for a minute as this was a rerun the station was kind enough to include a banner that said that the great vladoy uh, oh, I think it's Vladoyu, sorry, would concentrate in his hotel room when the rerun aired. <laughs> 
So, third grade station, the great Vladoyu, a rerun, the wrong hand to put upon the point of pain. I thought, what the heck, and followed suit. My girlfriend and I had a big laugh about it. The next day, the pain was gone, never to return. I don't care why this is, and there may be an explanation, but in fact, this helped. Um, And then, uh, this is all in brackets. Years later, our kid was struck with atopic dermatitis, and we went through all kinds of treatment and clinics until someone told us told us of this guy who was a second generation faith healer somewhere in the Alps <laughs> that cured their kid of croup cough. I'm a statistician by trade, so completely into science, but did the maths and figured chances must be way bigger than winning anything meaningful in the lottery, plus a nice trip to the Alps. <laughs> that. That guy put his hands on the head of my then three-year-old boy, and a week later, we didn't need medication anymore. No. It was gone. <laughs> Andreas, you're being grifted by someone. Um, I'm not advocating paying large sums for charlatans. The bigger the sum, the bigger the charlatanry. But the first event was free, and the second one took ten quid. And a trip to the Alps. And a trip to the Alps. Yeah. At that rate, with recommendations from friends, why not? Worst case, you could have a good laugh or a nice day out. Who would have thought that someone called Great Vlad or you could change anyone's life? Cheers, Andreas. We don't back faith healers on the IGN UK podcast. <laughs> this is just, we're giving Andreas a platform to talk about the bullshit that he's gone through. <laughs> Was the man in the Alps called Vlad or you? Was it the same person? Who knows? I don't know. Um, a second generation faith healer, no less. Uh, so Could be Vlad or you's son. Could be. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, if you've got faith healer stories. <laughs> if we didn't get any fucking ghost stories, I don't know how many faith healer ones we're going to get. Coincidence but, stories. Yeah. Just anything mad, send it. But it has to be true. I don't want people making up nonsense. I'm not into that. Don't griff me. I don't want to be grifted. Don't griff me or griff you really be a double big. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt. Right, we've got one from Sam Smith, who says, Hello all, hope you're all well. So, yeah. Men in Black, the song popped up on my Spotify the other day and it immediately took me back to playing Tomb Raider on my Sega Saturn on a 14-inch Matsui, probably stuffing my face with Pizza Hut. Must have been around 1997 to 98. It was a bit of a mad brain fart, but was just wondering if any tunes bring back any gaming memories for you. Love the podcast and please just respect the earth, wind, earth, fire, wind, sea and heart. Lots of love. From Sam from Thorak in Essex. P.S. Little request. Could you... Could you play Push It by Salt and Pepper for the end of show tune for one of your listeners? My brother from another mother, Lewis. He will cringe and probably block me, but it'll be worth it. Because it reminds him of a pierced nipple. Don't ask. Cry laugh emoji. I'm not, not, not going to ask. In a, ask. in a fucking podcast where we've named some of our favourite music from games of all time, are we we going to have to play fucking Push It by Salt and Pepper now? I think we're going to have to now. Uh, it's been requested. Thanks a lot, Sam. Like- um, on uh, music that reminds me of games, the one that always, I think I've said this before, for some reason, I indelibly tie the Futurehead's first album, the one with ha- Hounds of Love on it, to playing Mercenaries. <laughs> those, for some reason, those two things are completely interlinked in my brain and will, like, if I hear Hounds of Love, I think about blowing up North Korean buildings. That's that's what happens to me. Wow. Yeah. Um I don't know if I have any link to games because I'm usually listening to the game. Definitely certain FIFAs I would listen to a lot of music. I distinctly remember it would have been FIFA 
13? Well, yeah, my last year, FIFA 13, just Breaking Bad brings me back to my career mode in that because I would just watch Breaking Bad on my laptop on Netflix while kind of mindlessly playing FIFA 13 career mode and all these regen players in a Plymouth kit. I was playing as Plymouth for some reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if games... like Certain, certain like albums, like if I ever listened to uh, A Night in the Sea by Block Party, that album, I'm just mm. instantly transported onto a night bus at 2am in Trafalgar Square. That's not so a I just, game. That, I just... I know, but like, they transport me. Like I, that was my night bus album for like three years. Whenever I'd go out, when I was like eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a Matt? You strike me as someone who just listens to the game. Yeah. You're a purist, so in you? which case, kind of like stuff that does have like strong links to music. Like so, for me, kind of like particularly Holes and Oats and Radio Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles is Vice City, and I can when I listen to that, we'll literally see like moments of Vice City mm. playing out. Mm-hmm. But I don't really like, I probably listen. There's not kind of like a song that transports me to a time of my life where I would have particularly been like playing Tomb okay. Raider or whatever. Like, if I, if I hear through the fire and flames by dragon force, my, <laughs> yeah. my fingers instantly cramp. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, write us, write us in. Let us know anything. IGL school UK feedback at IGN.com. Let us know if you enjoyed the episode because we enjoyed doing it and not saying we're going to do that sort of thing every week because sometimes we have a lot of stuff to talk about. But yeah, we enjoyed it. I hope you did. Uh, I suppose here's salt and pepper. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) 